0: Welcome to Cameras or Whatever, the podcast for working photographers. I'm
1: Tyler Stallman. And I am Cameron Whitman.
0: Hey, Cameron. Hey, bud. I have notes this week. Sweet. I'm notoriously ill-prepared for these shows, but (laughs) I had a few extra minutes before we started recording, so I I wrote down some... And you rarely
1: uh, ask me to prepare
0: for you. (laughs) Well, I usually ask you if you can record about an hour or two before we do. That's true, too. Um, So (laughs) It's a miracle that we ever do. But but I do I do have some follow-up trademark John Sarcisa, episode fifty-one following up from fifty. I was tempted to add an extension onto the last episode because before we released it, I had gone to NAB, like I promised, mm-hmm. and played with the Sony A9. So that's where we left things off. And I feel like I've gotta I've gotta finish that thought first. These cameras aren't out, so we can't really review them. Right. But I feel like, you know, the the conversation last time was, it was so early to be talking about this. Nobody had tried the camera yet. So I've had my hands on it a bit. And to follow up on some of the things that we were negative and positive about before we had seen anything, okay, this is a really, really fast camera. in not just in the frames per second, which is obviously the marketing point that Sony's getting behind, Mm -hmm. but it feels responsive in a way that that was one of my biggest problems with the a7r2 um a7 of all, all of them none of them felt responsive and because of this because this feels like it, it moves as i touch it like it responds to my supple touch this is the first most competitive sony to me like this is the this is the turning point i think the There are still issues. We'll touch on them. But
1: but it's the idea of it being responsible. I mean, that seems like the kind of thing that has not yet been reality for mirrorless cameras, right?
0: Yeah, no, not at all. So, I mean, a big concern I had, the first thing I tested was how fast it is to unload the buffer. I know I've complained about that with my R, R2 because, yeah, yeah I do little bursts. That's kind of how I shoot. I usually take bursts of three to five images, and then I stop, and I take another little burst, and shooting like that, I will completely fill the the buffer, which isn't shooting that fast, it's not holding the shutter down, but the buffer will fill, and then I'll just be standing there watching it right to the card while the whole camera is locked up, and uh, I'd heard people saying it wasn't going to be better, but it felt much better on the A9, like... Like it should, it felt like the Canons. Like you can review the files immediately and there's actually a little progress bar that you can watch the buffer unloading and see how many photos are left, mm-hmm. which I think is is smart and actually something missing from Canons anyway. Interesting. So it really feels like they dealt with that. It still takes a while to unload the buffer, but you can use the camera during. It doesn't lock you out. And that is, that's a really important difference to me. Yeah, for sure. Thank like, you. A, a lot of this is probably because the sensor is 24 megapixels instead of 40-whatever. And how fast of a card do you have to use with that? Have to? I don't know. They had just stuck the fastest ones in there that yeah. are... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not good at tracking what good cards are in the market now. Yeah, all I saw was, was you know the response with really fast cards. But I had tried those cards in the A7R 2 and had the same problems. Okay. So at least even if that's how they fixed it, like now they can take advantage of the fastest cards mm-hmm. that would still make life better for me. So,
1: well, I mean, just hearing that it's a responsive camera, like as a, as an advanced shooter, mm-hmm. you know, that that's something I feel like is just so critical, you know, because you're looking for the that moment, you know? Yeah. And completely. Yeah. And I think that with mirrorless cameras, just in general, um, you're looking for a different kind of moment. You're like, it's okay to wait for it. I don't know. Like, there's just something about Canon's and Nikon's and now hopefully Sony. Yeah. That when you're shooting in those critical moments, and yeah, maybe you do have to burst also, just because you you realize there's just something happening there. Well, and
0: it doesn't mean that they fixed all their menu items, so that can still slow you down, that there's kind of complicated menus. Yeah. But they added some nice extra physical controls, including a manual, like a physical dial for the frames per second speed. Yeah, okay. Because obviously 20 frames per second is... I'm almost <laughs> never going to do that. For my shooting, that would totally be the exception. I can't imagine doing that often at all. Know, but you can it dial it back to like
1: you know to 10 and 5 or something i'm making up the numbers that's but, that's know. really good to hear because yeah. that was actually that was concerning to me
0: yeah with the physical dial yeah. so because that's such a central feature to the camera i'm, I'm really glad they put it there yeah. and then same thing with physical controls they added the joystick to the back which allows you to select focus points this was it would have been a non-starter if they hadn't added that joystick this yeah. this had to happen this is a really big deal, and um, it you know, works, works like the other cameras do. It works the, like the Canons do. I, Wait, I mean, I
1: what were they thing. doing with it before?
0: Oh, my God. I don't actually remember what mine did out of the box because it was so hard for me to figure out how to— con- I don't know how I changed the focus point. What mm-hmm. I have it configured to now, and this is pretty common, a custom function, so the set button in the middle of the spinny dial, that allows you to start moving the point, and then you press up, down, left, right. On this, on the spinning dial, to set it. So, Ugh. you know, kind of like a, a sloppy version of what the other brands do. In in the place where
1: it's most most important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this like that's is That's not an area where I feel like sloppiness is is even. No, this is something I change constantly. Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: a hundred times per shoot, I'm always changing it. Yeah. What are you going to rely on? Full autofocus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah. No. I. It's, so th- that's kind of a, a freebie, like yeah, just just put the control there that should have always been there. Good job. Same with moving the record button for video. Like you may not have noticed this if you didn't yeah, have to it, deal with it, but yeah. yeah, it was in like a crazy weird spot. Now it's in a normal spot. So those are those are gimmies. Like
1: anybody could have told Sony they could uh, win a lot of praise by doing that. So yeah, well they did it. That actually makes me a little nervous as an icon guy, you know, because I hear something like that yeah. and I'm like, mm.
0: yeah, I I still I would still want to see at least another one generation of this camera before i'd consider trusting to replace my canon it it still needs to get better but for newbies that's what the turning point is to me it's not a turning point to switch because to switch the camera needs to be orders of magnitude better right it can't just be well some people feel like this if you follow the forums on dp review people are like oh there's an extra megapixel there's an extra frame per second uh canon's doomed nikon's doomed panasonic whoever like People jump ship or say they're going to jump ship at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. But I think for people that do this for work, I mean, there's such a huge le- lens investment. It is not easy to switch brands. Well, as we've discussed.
1: I mean, investment, yeah, because you got to take into account that you got to list all that stuff that you're going to sell.
0: Yeah. And you're not going to get, as are uh, tilt shift lenses, which are still for sale. <laughs> I think yours is still for sale. Mine is. Uh, I mean, interested. I'll probably
1: never sell it, to be honest. Yeah,
0: but if we did, we'd get half, you know? Um, <laughs>
1: that's why I'll never sell it. Yeah. Because I'll never get what it's worth, and so it's it's worth it for me to use it on that rare occasion that makes me happy.
0: So I'd need to see a few years where the, the Sonys are way better, mm-hmm. whereas right now they might be getting just normal better, which that's crazy. And Sony isn't gunning for the 5D Mark IV. They want to be the 1DX or the D5X what's it called D5 sorry wait say that again what's the Nikon the the sports Nikon yeah it's the D5 D5 that's what they want to be not not mid-range and it's $4,500 camera but they are clearly aiming for real sports photographers
1: which is uh, it's kind of surprising I mean I guess they're not surprising I mean um, threatening really
0: (laughs) it really is like before I wasn't worried for Nikon not that i should be worried i mean like if sony gives me a better camera like okay great my life will be better but yeah i guess the worry would be i don't want to sell my like lenses like i don't want to yeah i mean I it's just it's
1: free lens it's uh, sorry free market free principle. lenses <laughs> free lenses because they're going out of business no just kidding they're not going out of business yeah. but it's it's free market stuff right you know i mean if if nikon can't continue to compete in the marketplace
0: well, that's what I'm more worried about. So with Canon, they're a huge company in general, right? Like yeah. they have their printer division and whatever else. They're just a very large company and Nikon is not. Yeah. And that would scare me as a non-Nikon shooter. I feel like they need to be there. They are an important player that puts the pressure on the other companies.
1: Yeah. And I mean, for for a fanboy like myself, mm-hmm. like that is, I mean, that's part of the reason why I resist something like these Sony's regardless of what you tell me and mm-hmm. what, you know, I read on DP review or whatever, like it's, it's like, wow, that'd be really cool. But I just, I love the brand of Nikon, yeah. even though I recognize that like, you know, they, they tend to stumble once in a while and then they, mm-hmm. you know, they hit a stride and then they stumble for a while. It's kind of frustrating as, is you know, as a fanboy, I guess. Cause
0: there's also just the generations of trust that you build up with a brand. Totally. Whereas right now, I mean, I don't like the rug being pulled out for me every year with Sony. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you thought you had the best camera. Twelve months later,
1: (laughs) it feels like an Apple move, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I like you know three to five year cycles. I I know people get impatient in that time, but it's it's practical for professionals, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, why not just be excited when you get your next camera? You don't actually need a new one every year. Thank you. I feel so much better. (laughs) (laughs) I want to do a YouTube video about that of like when. Should you update your camera? So maybe it's something we should talk about someday. Like, what are the motivating factors that actually make it a good idea?
1: Yeah, we should talk about that because that's actually that's a really important topic, and I think it's one that it's really easy to think you need Mm -hmm. to do when you don't.
0: So, well, I want to wrap up the Sony talk before we do. I want to add some negatives. (laughs) <laughs> for the for balance, <laughs> this, this, this isn't the the camera that's going to solve all of our problems. Based on uh, what TP Review has said, and based on my use of the A seven R two, an issue is that their auto white balance is still quite bad, kind of terrible. And the A seven R two, the auto exposure as well, was honestly kind of shit. It would read, it would add a stop of exposure in bursts of the exact same scene. So you're looking at five photos that were all taken one after the other, other and it'll go, you know, up a full stop and down a full stop, one photo after the other, just cuz it's making crazy different decisions and it does the same thing with with white balance and if you're shooting 20 frames per second and they're all coming out totally differently like Oh my god. Yeah, I realize you can sync things in Lightroom, but it's not that's not how a professional camera should work. It it does not handle color as well as the others. Huh. So that's the kind of thing that yeah, you can work around it. It needs to get better.
1: So. Yeah, you can work around it, but what about those people who still shoot JPEGs? Yeah, and there's And aren't those too. the people who are more likely to burst?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, watching those JPEG burst modes. Another disconcerting thing is that, well, and, and good thing, is they've fixed the silent shutter mode. So on my camera, on the A7R 2 it will lock down a lot of features when you're in silent. They're not coming to me what they are. You can't change all the exposure modes. You kind of just lose a few basic controls. I'm forgetting what they are. But all of that is gone on the A9, and you can just shoot all the time. You can shoot full-time perfectly silently, and the shutter is just a fake sound effect coming out of a speaker. But so you can barely even tell when it was going 20 frames per second. If you're not looking at the part of the screen that's vibrating and pulsating really fast, you just may not notice, like, oh, I was taking that many photos. Wow. And press pits are all of a sudden going to be completely silent. (laughs) It's weird. That'll be new. Yeah. Oh, but one more positive: the battery. It's what it always should have been. It's you know, it's the size of a of an icon or a Canon. Mm -hmm. It's just bigger, so it lasts the way that it should.
1: Cool. Uh, Body's bigger. Yeah. That's going to be especially please the video crowd, right? Wait, is this one the one that's not actually very good? Yeah. So
0: it's so weird. This was announced basically at a video conference or just before it. And there are things about it that are much better than any of their video options before it shoots. The sensor is gathering a 6k image and downsampling that to 4k, which is quite a bit more than what the previous cameras did. So the, a normal 4k image is going to be sharper. And there's a few other just kind of image processing details that they worked out to be better. The default image will look better, which is crazy, but they didn't add picture profiles. So for, regular consumer video shooters or maybe YouTubers that's fine but yeah there's no flat profiles so you right. can't kind of rescue your highlights you can't do extra grading to me it's that is a deal breaker i always shoot in a flatter profile because especially on the sony's it makes a huge difference it gives you a lot more latitude much better roll off in
1: your in your highlights and detail in your shadows so so it's definitely i mean it's throwing it in there yeah but it it's It's not for the serious. Yeah, it's weird. uh,
0: This is the first time everybody's speculating if this was Sony intentionally handicapping a camera because usually they just throw the kitchen sink in there. That's Mm -hmm. the last few years, right? They're like, let's just make every camera absolutely the best and give it everything. And this one feature set feels like them trying
1: to control their product line and push people in a certain direction. They're they're becoming like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And that's... uh, too bad the thing about sony that's always not attracted me is that when i hear the name sony and when i look at the name sony i think about all the crappy ghetto blasters and (laughs) things that i had growing up you know like a lot of like i guess busted walkman yeah like they had some cool stuff they had some innovative stuff but you know it was always fairly cheap you know it was Mm -hmm. like good stuff that was affordable but it wasn't actually good stuff right and it wasn't
0: like pro audio yeah i mean my understanding is they started with a reputation for quality and that
1: just they kind of let that fade yeah. into into nothing but like i think that most of my experience with them is post quality yeah right yeah same yeah. here same, yeah um,
0: i just i just had junky discman
1: the the walkman were well made i remember having like a waterproof yellow Yeah, yeah, that that, That that thing is legendary. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's the one that everybody. I probably still have the
0: same one, and it still works. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, it was like the Walkman Sports or something. But the the Discman just weren't the same. Plus, it was yellow. Yeah. Which in the '80s, like you know, it was that was totally dope. (laughs) Another exciting thing
0: out of Nab is that they. Canon added log to the 5D. So speaking of picture profiles and excluding them, this was a big thing that mm-hmm. I focused on with why the 5D isn't a legitimate video camera. Yeah. Now they're adding logs so that it should be, they say it should match their cinema cameras like the C300 when it's when it's fully graded, it should have the same dynamic range. So. So, so this is a firmware update for which 5D? For the five D Mark IV, and it's kind of weird because you can't do it yourself. They said it's a software update. There's no hardware change, but you need to mail it in and pay a hundred dollars.
1: See, that's that's exactly what I was. I think that we were kind of leaning to in a criticism way mm-hmm. about Sony. Is just yeah. like don't go down that road.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't become that.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because you know I just I overheard the last time I was in the camera shop. I overheard somebody saying. They were complaining about um, Nikon service. I haven't needed to to have any service, <laughs> so yeah. I think that that's you know that alone says a lot to me right well there's but, there's one thing to be said for paying more though yeah. is that I also feel
0: like you're paying for the infrastructure of better service, like when a Sony gets a little too cheap, I feel like they aren't worrying about how it performs in pro conditions and they're not going to give the same level of customer support which they've been upping lately but still they've they do not have a reputation for pro support like the. but others. what about canon i've got the cps membership and have had really great experiences with yeah it. okay really so fast that's
1: consistent with what i was about to say because oh, like this yeah. the person that i was overhearing was saying that nikon you know was unimpressive in their customer support but mm. you know then somebody else was saying like oh canon is so good and that's that's really something but like uh the flip side of that being that they're not so they're stingy. They're stingy about their firmware updates and so is Nikon. Yeah. Compare them to Olympus and it's it's a right. joke. Yeah. Olympus is like we're so grateful that you're that you're still using that camera that you bought 5 years ago. We're going to give you <laughs> all the same features that we're putting in the new one. Right. Yeah, full upgrade. That's amazing. I I didn't realize they were pushing it that far. I mean, you know, there'll be hardware upgrades the older camera won't have. But, you know, something like adding log to the software, I mean, I imagine there's probably no real reason that they can't add it to, you know, the Mark III at least. No, well, no,
0: no. I mean, there's people have hacked it. Magic Lantern is the, like, hacked firmware that...
1: Yeah, see, so for them to not make that available as well is is obnoxious to me. Yeah, yeah, it is. To put some positive spin on the log, I mean,
0: I am going to do it. This This is going to be, well, it's probably going to be a really good upgrade. Yeah. And it will, I mean, it'll make it a much more useful camera. What'll be interesting to see, though, is another problem was that the 4K files are shooting in this super uncompressed format that makes enormous file sizes that are really hard to manage. That was really annoying, but... Now that the files will be log, that giant uncompressed size will suddenly be really useful. It means that you're going to be able to stretch that log much further. Mm -hmm. And on Sony's, the file sizes, it is much more compressed. So a lot of the time when you stretch log files out from a smaller mirrorless Sony, all the quality isn't there. The files weren't that, imagine a log JPEG the more you compress to the JPEG, the less you could stretch colors back out of it as you okay. added contrast. Yeah. So these super uncompressed files might mean that it looks really good. The color out of this could be extremely impressive. So all of a sudden, the 5D Mark IV might be a real contender for, for shooting real video for, for people good. that are interested in that form factor. But
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll uh, frustrate the people who've already jumped ship. But <laughs> Yeah. For everyone else, you know, it's, cool. it's, a, it's a great time to buy
0: cameras. There's uh, so many of them out there.
1: Oh yeah! Speaking of that, like I just noticed, my local camera store last week was selling the D750 for fourteen ninety nine. What's the usual price? I I don't track. I think that. it was twenty one ninety nine. I think oh, what the wow. retail was when I bought it. A, and this is deal. with the battery pack, so the retail price for that would have been twenty four or like mm-hmm. twenty three ninety nine. So are you gonna go pick one up? Oh
0: hell no! But I I, I was just like
1: ah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah.
0: interesting that the A9 is still expensive as well. You know, nothing's... things. going to say they stopped driving the price down, but like I
1: said, they do want to compete with those $10,000 Nikon and Canon, so... Okay, so here's where I'm at, though, with, like, since we're on this subject of camera upgrades, I guess, mm. you know, I think that if I was going to make a major change, like what it would take to switch to Sony... Yeah. I mean, because I think I read a headline or something or somebody's comment on a Facebook post that said the switch would cost professional about $18,000 or something like that. Does that sound
0: about right to you? Uh, the one that, yeah, I saw DP review posted 11, oh, 11.
1: Okay. So overestimated. I'm going to, I'm going to fact check this live. Go yeah. Ahead. So, <laughs> you know, like I said, I just, it's something I just saw out of the corner of my eye and I was just like, yeah, that, that's not going to happen. Cause if I was going to do that, I am, feel pretty strongly that I would go medium format. Really? Hmm. Yeah, because I don't think that I think that for the things that I that I shoot that the uh, 35 millimeter format is is appropriate for. Mm-hmm. I don't think I need better to be hmm. honest. Like I think I think that what I have is perfectly well suited yeah. for
0: the job. That's that's cool. I mean, I guess I co- can't comment on your needs cuz that that's very different for me. I definitely couldn't I do medium format, but...
1: Well, I mean, when you're shooting a lot of still life... Mm -hmm. Yeah, all your food stuff, obviously. Yeah, exactly. The more I look beyond, you know, where, like, maybe I want to see my trajectory go, you know, I I look at other photographers and I'm just like, ooh, you know, that actually is pretty cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It just depends. I think that as a stock photographer, shooting medium format is maybe pretty trivial. Like, it's just, it's really, it's it's an expensive investment to make to then shoot stock, I think.
0: Well, the thing that would tempt me most to go mirrorless is, totally goes against that, and it might be size. S- size is a big part of why I prefer to pack my A7R sometimes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just because it's half the weight. Uh, and obviously, you know, doing a medium format would be going in the opposite direction, so.
1: Yeah, I think that for your style, it wouldn't. Probably yeah. wouldn't work. Yeah, that's why it's so you know specific to, to what you do. So often yeah.
0: I've got two cameras in a backpack all day long. So
1: yeah. Whereas I think that like having that split down the middle of the things that I do mm-hmm. between the studio kind of still life situation versus events. For events, I love the cameras I have mm-hmm. personally. I love the idea of a medium format setup.
0: Like that's a very sexy setup to me. If I could just walk around with like a Leica, Leica. If I could have an M10 and a Pentax Six Four Five Z, that's the sexy setup to me. You know, that's the photographer I like to imagine myself as. Mm-hmm. But then the practicality sets in, and I probably just have two Sony A9s or something. <laughs> Which is is less sexy, but um, what did
1: you, you know, just say worthwhile. about
0: yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, that that you, I, you can't ch- choose your gear based on how cool it looks, basically. <laughs> well, you know, you can. Well, yeah, you can, but yeah. then you, you have to pay the price. Maybe. Well, for like it, you have to pay the price. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Literally, the, the last time we talked, I I think I was saying that I hadn't spent. Much money lately. I hadn't really been buying anything new. Yeah, same. But uh, but I bought something new that is directly relevant. So we're st- okay. We can still be in follow up, actually. <laughs> and that's I, I got I got a wide angle lens.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah, an ultra wide angle lens. Whoa! So really, okay. This is cro- this is crop sensor. So don't let these numbers blow your mind. Okay. But I got the Sony ten to eighteen millimeter. Yeah. So that makes it what fifteen to 28
1: to 28. Okay. or Yeah. 20, yeah I was going to say 24, but 28
0: cropped only, even though it's on full frame camera. So I got a lot to say about that and it's F four. So it's not very fast. And here's why. Okay. So I already have a 16 to 35 for my Canon, but a lot of the time what I need it for is when I'm being really portable. That's when I find I need ultra wide is lately vlogging. Because mm-hmm. I just need to get every like myself and everything around me in the shot, or travel stuff, you know, landscapes. Mm-hmm. So having the giant canon is completely not practical. Yeah. The options on the Sony side, most of them are also pretty large. There's not a lot that are small and compact. This 10 to 18 millimeter cropped lens is under a thousand dollars, or around a thousand dollars, and it's very small, only a little bit bigger than. Twenty eight millimeter that I already have, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of it's it it's easy to always be in my bag. It's a nice range. You can go from normal wide twenty eight, right? Like that's that's nothing looks weird at twenty eight, all the way to to fifteen, which is really really wide, and it's good. It from the, the shooting I've done with it so far, it's not incredible. Uh, you can't you can, say
1: nothing. You can't yeah. say nothing with the distortion. Nothing yeah. looks weird. Okay. Yeah, it's relatively. less weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, relatively,
0: yeah. you know, the distortion at 15 is well controlled compared to the the Voigtlander that I tested at 15. That that was looked square. Like, <laughs> so lines looked very square. People at the edges, like it, it was really interesting the way it would control rectilinear correct correction, which makes me realize how little I understand about lenses to see it in action. Mm-hmm. But it really did like it squared the scene off in a really nice way it's not quite the same. There's a bit more barrel distortion on the 10 to 18, but for the price and the versatility and the size, it's just a really good balance. So, okay. um, it's good to hear. Yeah.
1: And I'm, uh, do you have samples?
0: Yes, but not in front of me. I'm at a different computer, but I will post a sample in the show notes.
1: Cool. Yeah. I would, I'd, I'd be interested to see.
0: Yeah. And yeah, like I say, it also ends up depending on your camera a little more because now you're always in cropped mode. I've, you you can shoot it at 16 millimeters in full frame without any vignettes, but it's so distorted that I'm just not going to. You can just tell the lens wasn't designed for it. When you're in cropped mode shooting 1080, the image gets much noisier at high ISOs. So like even ISO 1800 or 800 and 1600, you really start to see the noise if you're shooting 1080 in crop sensor mode. Okay. Full frame 1080 looks pretty good. 4K. Cropped mode looks the best. That is the best image quality you can get. So that's fine for this lens. But I don't usually shoot in four K. I usually shoot in ten eighty. Okay. So I like. I it puts me in this weird place of it, I'm not using the best settings on my camera. I'm kind of sacrificing quality sometimes. Huh. So and and then also you know I'm shooting in cropped mode when I'm doing stills. So hmm. and it's f four. So I have to turn the ISO up more than usual.
1: And since you're using it for travel stuff, I wonder. You know, you're probably going to find yourself in a lot of backlit situations. So how does it yeah. uh, deal with chromatic aberrations? I don't know yet. I'll, I'll have to report back on that. I haven't,
0: yeah. I haven't put it through any stress tests. I mean, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting it to be impressive when it comes to that. It's, it's still a, an affordable lens, you know, yeah. entry level yeah. lens. But the build quality is very nice. These Sony's are are made well. There's a lot of metal in them. They they feel really good.
1: Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that I really appreciate about the uh, the Sigma Art lenses. Oh yeah, they those are the things that they absolutely just murder everybody else on. There's no chromatic aberrations at all, and it's dead sharp at one four. Yeah, yeah. And it, when you're just looking for quality, nothing beats. Them. Yeah. But you know, well, there I've I've been shooting with them long enough now that I've come to recognize the issues with them, and especially since I've seen them rise in popularity because i see other people shooting them mm-hmm. so you see that you know when when other you get to recognize like certain things through other people's style that you recognize that that's oh that's a problem with that lens like what you have know? you what have you seen what's an example of the well the 35 when i bought it i remember you know i, I, I could be wrong because there you know it was five years ago or something four years ago i don't know um but i feel like what I read about the reviews was that it didn't have much distortion that it had pretty good control, but that's not really true. Like the 35 and the 50 art lenses, I feel like they have a ton of distortion. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just, I've become overly sensitive to it or, you know, but like, I, I think it also has a lot to do with the way you shoot, you know, because if you're taking portraits with a 35 millimeter, if you're not, somewhere near the central focus range Mm -hmm. of the lens like you're gonna see some oblong heads and stuff and you know it's just it kind of drives me crazy yeah and i you know i recognize that with that lens and so there are times when i'm like no i'm gonna grab my nikon 24 to 70 because at 35 millimeters it actually doesn't have as much as as much distortion Hmm. yeah it's interesting and you see that on the 50 as well yeah, I do, but on the fifty, it, I love it because <laughs> it's like it does it in a way that that I feel is very appropriate for a fifty. Like I, I think, like when you're taking portraits with the fifty, that just very slight amount of distortion that you get gives your subject character. If you're you know if you're at the right distance, it, it kind of emphasizes character. Whereas you know with an eighty-five or one hundred five, they start to become just perfectly you know the features become perfectly balanced and it just looks the way that you'd expect it to look whereas like when you move up to 200 or 300 it starts to flatten out in a really weird way do you know what i'm talking about yes
0: i i mean i'm imagining it i don't know if i'm actually picturing the right thing
1: but well if you just if you've you've seen the the gifs right with the you know where it shows the this sequence of portraits done with all the different focal lengths yeah, of the same guy and it goes in like a
0: yeah like zooms in and out really fast yeah
1: and you can you, you see how like you know when you're super wide the face if you're in the middle of the, at the center of the lens the face gets it, it gets like turned into like an oval but it gets thin in a really weird way but if you're close then it makes you look thick and it's it's just weird right mm-hmm. like the way that the, the the optics work is is bizarre but with the 50 I guess my relationship to this is that people always told me, like, the 50 is the normal lens, quote-unquote.
0: Yeah, that's what I, that was like one of the first things I ever learned about lenses.
1: Yeah, you know, and then I I heard people say, actually, it's the 35 because it's got that slightly wider field of view that is more normal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true, except for that, like, our eyes are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, to me, normal is more like 85. In terms of, you're always a
0: little zoomed in.
1: Well, I still see the peripheral, the wider picture. But when I am focused on a subject, I feel like that's the way it's rendering. Because when I look at the photos that I take with my fifty millimeter, I'm like, that's a little bit odd. Hmm. There's just like a little bit of a a distortion there that is that I think is a little bit odd. And uh, again, it depends how close you are with a 50 if you're more than five feet it's gonna look really normal do you
0: are you measuring this before or after the lens correction in Lightroom before okay because I've started to think about software lens correction as almost something that needs to be taken into account when judging a lens lately which totally isn't fair it's just that it's gotten good enough that um, and I noticed this with the Sony 28 when I first got it. Mm-hmm. It somehow automatically applies lens correction in Lightroom, which isn't typical. Most lenses, yeah, there's, no, there's no effect. There's no default to the lens, right? It just yeah. Lightroom controls that preset. But somehow Sony is pushing through the setting and saying, hey, every time this comes through, turn on lens correction. And if you shoot JPEG on the camera, you'll see that it looks much different. It's totally cleaned up. There's no distortion like or much, much less. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very well controlled. And, and if you look at the raw image, there's a lot more and a lot more vignetting. But it's funny cause I spent my first month or two shooting with the lens, not realizing how much was being corrected for me cause it was all automatic and it just, it looked great because I wasn't seeing the raw image. So then eventually I noticed and I started looking at it with it turned off. I'm like, oh, the lens isn't as great as I thought. But if I never would have noticed, does that make the lens worse? I mean, <laughs> technically it does, but it's functionally just as good, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Same thing with this 10 to 18, by the way. I really think you have to measure it by you know how well it cleans up because I'm, I'm never going to deliver ultra-wide images that I didn't try to adjust for the distortion a bit. Maybe crop in if I had to straighten some lines. Well, um, yeah, I'm I mean, that's, gonna...
1: I, I've I always considered that to be the benefit of of an ultra wide is is that you you overshoot it, yep. so you can cl- correct it and crop it. Yeah, I just yeah, I don't know. I just got tired of it. <laughs> like I had the I had the um, Tokina. I guess it was a sixteen to twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Reviews were like it's pretty close to being equivalent to Nikon's 14 to 24. And it really, I don't think it was. <laughs> and so like, I don't know, I just got is this tired this a while of it. ago? Is this an older lens? Cause did, yeah, did, this was, did the reputation just get good recently? No, 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 no. It, w- it was good when it came out. Okay. Cause I mean, there needed to be an alternative to the 14 to 24, like a mm-hmm. pro ultra wide zoom fixed two to eight. That, that was a thing that the market was demanding and Tokina did a a really good job of that and they built a tank but that was also exactly the problem with it it was just it was just as big and clumsy as the Nikon and it had the the rounded you know glass that you couldn't put a filter on on the front element and that like bubble yeah (laughs) exactly and I still have yet to meet a single person that appreciates that design the bubble <laughs> you you do and no one else does. No, no, I've never met anybody that liked it.
0: Yeah, oh. I I think it's fun to look at, but I'm terrified of holding it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I, I know I, I'm
0: going to destroy it.
1: Yeah, how do you not destroy that lens? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, you got to baby it for one. Yeah, but it's it's an ultra wide, so it's not it's not really going to ever be a babyable lens in my opinion, because you're going to use it for things that. There's watch faces you can buy that look exactly like that, that have the giant bubble
0: coming out of them, like these crazy dive watches.
1: Oh, neat. Now, that kind of sounds cool, though, for a watch. Yeah.
0: I mean, equally impractical, but, yeah, it, it's neat <laughs> to look at.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, for a watch, you're, you're you're looking down to tell the time. If it gets a scratch, it's not going to ruin all your images. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. So now that we've drifted into watches, do you have a... Uh, do you have a pick for this week? You got anything
1: unrelated to photography or related um, no. to photography? Um, I'm actually going to dip backwards because I haven't bought anything new in ages. And it hasn't, like I said, I've been pretty satisfied with what I've had. But I just want to shout out to uh, uh, late Paul Buff mm-hmm. because I just recently discovered something about my Einsteins that I didn't realize was a thing. You can shoot and burst with these things. Mm. and Tell me more. Yeah. I mean in and, and you know, you can't you can't keep going. Like you eventually, you know, you wanna stop I I haven't figured out exactly like what the uh you know, what the action is on the action mode or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I've done it a couple of times now and like I did it today. I had a shoot today where I was struggling to get this shot and i just realized that it was because i couldn't autofocus very well and so what i my workaround was that like i'm going to get it like when i feel that it locks into focus then i'm gonna burst some shots right they were portraits and so it was just it was Mm -hmm. awful because i just didn't have enough light to ambient light because they didn't right. want it to be contaminated or whatever. I don't know. And I just, I don't know. Like, I I, I was amazed because I was able to burst off, like, eight shots with this flash, hmm. and every one of them had equal lighting.
0: And this doesn't affect your shutter speed, though, right? You're still maxing out at, like, 160 or 200 or whatever Correct. you're maxing to, to. You're just able to take more of them in a row. It's kind of like the buffer of the light that it's able yeah. to, or the refresh speed, I guess. Well, but does it run out? Like, can it only do it five
1: times and then it start? then it gets inconsistent or what? Exactly. Right. So, you know, like, um, let's say, it says the flash capacitors are not completely drained when the unit is fired, making it possible to perform a rapid sequence of shots as the unit can be fired before the ready state is reached. Doesn't say how many, mm-hmm. but I guess if you're, as long as you're not shooting at full power, but yeah, then again, if- I was I was shooting at probably mid-power.
0: I've done that a lot though, where I'll turn down, not to do burst mode, but I find the 400 alien bees, you can turn, if you just turn them most of the way down, actually the 800s too, any of them, if you turn them way
1: down, you can just kind of keep shooting. Mm -hmm. Like it can keep up with a slow burst, which is... I mean, that was the whole reason that I had the 400 mm -hmm. when I had it before I sold it. it.
0: Is it faster than the 800? I'm trying to remember. The 400?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah, you just turn it down and all of a sudden it's like, it's always there and it's consistent and it's able to keep up. Um, there's a lot of cases that you can shoot turned down as well, depending on your ambient light, you know, mm -hmm. or, or if it's fully controlled as well, just keep all your lights down.
1: Yeah. But the point is that like, I really want to just say to everybody that like, if you want a professional quality flash unit that is affordable, this is it.
0: I wish I'd bought the Einsteins instead of the other piece, I guess.
1: You know, because when you you look through a shoot, when you look through a shoot and you see, like, you know, you shot some that were very slow, and then you also did a lot of bursts, And and throughout the entire shoot, the light is just the same. The Mm -hmm. color temperature is the same. That's what you pay for a pro photo for. Mm -hmm. The fact that you can get that kind of performance out of a $500 unit is absurd. A
0: third of the price. Yeah,
1: and it probably angers the hell out of Oh for sure. Well,
0: yeah. (laughs) Let's just be let's be grateful to Paul C. Buff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Shout out because he makes you know he made it possible for plebs like me to be able Mm -hmm. to like play with ProLite. Yeah. So it's awesome. Um, One last thing is that you there is a distinct operation mode within the Einstein. I've never used it myself because I've never needed it. What What does that mean? But no, you can you can do the you can do the high speed flash stuff with this. Oh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You can also do that. I definitely can with mine. So that's really cool. But it's never something that I've been really ever needing or into. So I've never done it. That's cool.
0: I haven't used my strobes lately. Um, Just by coincidence. My pick, I got a pick and a half and mine is very not photography related. So I posted on Twitter and Facebook the other day, yesterday, that I'd been trying to track down a Nintendo switch. Yeah. Which I've been doing since day one. Since it came out, I was just kind of casually looking for it. I back when the Wii came out, I lined up overnight at Best Buy, slept on the cement to get a Wii, which, you know, I was younger then. It was it was kind of a party. Like that was that was just fun nerd time. I'm too old to sit in lineups anymore. So mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, I'll wait a few weeks and I'll just find one. And that was not happening. So I spent a few days in a row where I called every store in the city that I think might ever stock them. So you know, toy stores and electronic stores and video game stores. And I was calling more than a dozen stores a day. And then finally I posted about it. And a person that I don't know very well, but have communicated with a few times on Facebook that follows me through photography stuff was like, hey, I've seen them in stock. I think I can get you one. And by the end of the day, we met in a parking lot (laughs) at the mall. (laughs) And he was like, "Hey, I got you. Uh, I got you a switch and and uh, two games. So, uh, not as a present. I, you know, gave him an email are, money are transfer." Are you sure you should be saying this through? I am giving the biggest thank you out to to Ryan there for <laughs> helping me out. It was just like, I'm just like, this is this is the coolest thing of the internet. That it was just like casual friend. I like met him in person once. Kind of, he lives in the same city as me, and he was just like, "Hey, I can. Um, I have seen
1: this. So." Mm-hmm. No, it's, that's a really amazing story. Just it, for a minute there, it sounded like like you were <laughs> trying to sort out some kind of illegal contraband. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I mean, I checked the box, make sure it wasn't full of drugs, and it totally wasn't. It was just, uh, just video games.
1: Wait, before I drive away with
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm just, I'm very grateful for the help with that, because I, I, was, I was having an incredibly difficult time finding one. Well, enough about that. How is the Switch? Okay, so the Switch is awesome. I... I I've had it for 24 hours now and Anya has been playing it for almost all of them. So I have not, (laughs) I've not got to start Zelda yet. I got to race around the track in Mario Kart a couple times, but she, she immediately stole it and has been playing it for like eight hours.
1: So, um, well, that's a vote of confidence. Yeah, well, you've 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 done right in that you've made your wife happy. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, you'll continue to to be happy too. Yeah. So now I'm sure that's a reason for us to get to, <laughs> but
0: the just like the hardware and the the device, and play, yeah, playing the game for a little bit. Like this is a great direction for the console to have gone in the future. It's okay. It's not the same level as when iPods were released, but it has that same feeling of like it doesn't matter that it's not perfect. It just feels like oh somebody found the direction that everything should be going. Playing AAA titles on a handheld that is the same experience on your yeah. TV. It's it's just so the right direction and it doesn't replace Xbox and PS4 because the graphics aren't as good. It doesn't have as much power, but what they can pull off in that little device is crazy. Like it just it looks really really good and and the hardware is well made. There's a few pieces that feel iffy. Um, the buttons are. A little too small for grown-ups. Yeah, but, they
1: look really small.
0: Yeah, I, I, a lot of people I read on the internet say they just stick with the Pro Controller mm. because it has full-size buttons. But, yeah,
1: so far so good. I'm really excited to, well, to start playing Zelda at all. You know, you mentioned the graphics aren't as good. It's really always kind of been the case with Nintendo, right? But the, they've always nailed the, the pleasure playability angle. More yeah, than, totally. More than anyone else. Like when I think about the the legendary video games of my lifetime, most of them were nin- Nintendo titles.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they've always had this what did they have the like Nintendo stamp of approval back in the day that they wouldn't let developers put out garbage, you know. They it's always been important to them to have a certain level of quality and fun.
1: Um yeah. They, fun you know, being they the, bar high. the primary, right? Yeah. Cause, like I always felt that I don't know when I remember when the PlayStation first came out. There was definitely just a change in attitude. Yeah, you know, it's a and colder. Like, yeah, and all of a sudden the sports games became like, you know, they became real. Rather than like these comical cartoon-like characters that were ridiculous and
0: fun. Yeah, it's just great news that Nintendo is selling them so fast because. Mm-hmm. There means we're going to have a lot of Nintendo for a few years, you know? Yeah, that's cool. So, and then I, I want to make a really small half pick because I was listening to music this week, which I rarely Whoa. do. <laughs> uh, but so I wanted to th- throw one in there, um, and that's Jonathan Colton. Okay. Who is. Oh, it's so lame to say that music's hard to describe because that's just the default, no matter what the music is. Mm. But um, so he got his career started by putting out a song a day on the internet. And the earlier stuff is like, uh, there's a bit of comedy to it. Like it's it's witty, but it's got heart. And the songs are still real songs, even though there's some joke songs in there. And now he's gotten more into less comedy songs, more real songs. But there's just this level of, innocence and like real indiness to him like you can tell listening to a lot of it that it's just a guy in his computer The the older stuff anyway like you know it sounds very homemade in a way that just you can relate to him a bit more because of it and he's very clever lyrically and his whole catalog which there's tons of it the, the one that's stuck in my head right now is called Ari, like regards your brains which is about <laughs> zombies and office workers. So that's a full comedy one, but um, yeah, it's a good listen. Well, that sounds brilliant. Thanks yeah. for the recommendation. Yeah, I'll try and I'll tr- try to listen to more music this week. I've been I've been on a roll. So
1: good for you. Also, gosh, that sounds like quite the undertaking. Like, you know, when people talk about their 365 photo projects, I'm oh, like, yeah. oh my gosh. Um, totally. And
0: but it's amazing because it really created his career. And so now he's on tour with Amy Mann. And they like they write together a lot, so like they recorded together on the latest album a lot. Like he he has a really legitimate career, and he at the beginning he just he was a programmer, and he I've listened to interviews about the beginning, and he just like I'm dying at my job. This is driving me crazy, and he just kind of walked away from it and threw himself fully into music. And you can't do that more than putting out. Oh no, sorry, he was doing a song a week.
1: I was going to say Jonathan. (laughs)
0: No, there's another guy, Jonathan Mann. Is that his name? The guy that does the theme for atp podcast he does song a day so it is a thing yeah jonathan manda's song a day anyway yeah, so we started putting us on a week which is still 52 songs a year and then it just turned into a real career which i mean you know hard work pays off Hmm. only we could put out a thing a week oh wait we're not supposed to complain about
1: how little we record sorry tim we saved it for the end though (laughs) yeah oh but you know you you got me thinking about what i was listening to this week were you ever a soundgarden fan i loved black hole sun but that's i was pretty young when
0: um soundgarden was big so like i missed the i wasn't listening to full albums yet
1: okay yeah that was like my that was high school for me yeah and i was Um, junior high
0: like i was right behind you so yeah
1: so um you know one of their first records is called ultra mega okay which is a completely not okay title that, that title just alone made me not want to buy it. (laughs) It's pretty bad, but I loved the band so much and I was working my way backwards. Right. And so I ended up getting it and I could never, I never got into it. Like I just always thought, God, this is just shitty. Mm -hmm. And anyway, they just re-released it and remastered it and and everything. And God, it sounds amazing now. Hmm. Like it actually sounds like a record, yeah. Like before, like I always felt like, you know, and I I was into lo-fi kind of do-it-yourself punk and metal music, you know? I should have been fine with it, but I just always felt like it just underwhelmed. And, you know, they, they just put something into it now. And it's mm-hmm. it, it really rocks. And I've been really enjoying it. And it feels like a new old Soundgarden. Cool. I'd yeah. love to do a comparison. I mean, the idea
0: of remastering. I'm not good at audio production, Yeah, but that sounds like such a fun project, like mm-hmm. pulling some tapes out of a dumpster and trying to make them sound better than ever.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you already know kind of like in a way what that feels like with doing that with photos and videos, right? Yeah. It's that feeling of
0: when you click a button and all of a sudden just bringing your exposure up half stop and you're like oh
1: there it is there's the photo i thought I yeah was you, you never knew it was there because yeah. you didn't have the experience to be able to recognize it mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that was that i just i thought i'd mention that because i know it's you know it, it shows my age and stuff but cool, cool stuff thanks
0: Karen. yeah